Thanks for downloading this History Hub podcast. History Hub is based at the University College Dublin School of History. For more information, go to historyhub.ie. Our podcasts are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and many other podcasting apps. If you enjoy our content, please rate and review our channel, as it helps others to find out about our work. Guy Rofe lectures at the Inter-University Programme of African Studies. This programme is shared by Ben-Gurion University of the Negev, Tel Aviv University, and the Open University. His research interests include pre-colonial history of Africa and the Portuguese presence in Southeast Africa. Recently, as part of the EU's Erasmus Plus Exchange Programme, Dr. Rofe was visiting lecturer in the University College Dublin School of History, where he recorded three podcasts for History Hub. In this second episode, Dr. Rofe discusses the Portuguese colonial wars in Angola, Mozambique and Portuguese Guinea. This podcast deals with the Portuguese colonial wars that took place in Angola, Mozambique and Portuguese Guinea between 1961 and 1974. Before we begin our discussion of the colonial wars, it is necessary to explain the circumstances under which the anti-colonial movements in the Portuguese colonies were formed. Also, it is important to explain the connection that existed between these movements and the political opposition movements against the authoritarian regime in Portugal headed by Antonio de Oliveira Salazar. The anti-colonial movements emerged in the 1950s as part of the decolonization processes sub-Saharan Africa underwent since the end of Second World War. The case of the formation of anti-colonial movements in Angola is slightly different than that of those of the two other Portuguese territories, Mozambique and Guinea. In Mozambique and Guinea, prior to the war, various political groups united into a single resistance movement or front that carried the political and military activities against the Portuguese. In Mozambique, this movement was called the Frelimo, the Mozambique Liberation Front, And in Portuguese Guinea, this movement was called the PAIGC, the African Party for the Independence of Guinea and Cape Verde. The case of Angola is quite different because throughout the war, there were three main anti-colonial movements that fought the Portuguese army. These movements also fought one another throughout the war. The first movement is the UPA, the Union of the People of Angola which was later renamed FNLA, the National Front for the Liberation of Angola. This group belonged to the Bakongo population of northern Angola. The second movement is the MPLA, the People's Movement for the Liberation of Angola, which was a Marxist movement and later on, after the independence, will become Marxist-Leninist. The third movement is the UNITA, the National Union for the Total Independence of Angola. This movement split from the FNLA in 1966. It belonged to the Ovimbundu populations of central Angola, which is the largest ethnic group in the country. These anti-colonial movements, except for the FNLA, were established by African students that studied in Portugal and were connected in one way or another to the opposition movements against the Estado Novo regime, especially to the Portuguese Communist Party, the PCP. It is important to note that the opposition movements to the regime in Portugal were also involved in the anti-colonial struggle. 
One of the first explicit military actions conducted against Portuguese colonialism was the hijacking of a Portuguese cruise liner called the Santa Maria in January 1961 by a group led by a Portuguese military officer called Henrique Galvao. Galvao hoped through this action to bring international attention to the political situation in Portugal and its colonies and to ignite a struggle that will result in the creation of a democratic regime in Portugal and in the independence of the Portuguese colonies. The colonial war began following a specific event that occurred on March 15th, 1961, although the MPLA, which is the ruling party in Angola since the independence, marks the beginning of the war in an earlier event, an attack it carried on the Sao Paulo prison in Luanda in February 4th, 1961. On March 15th, 1961, The first military operation of the UPA took place. The UPA was an organization composed largely by the Congo-speaking population of northern Angola. The headquarters of this organization were in Leopoldville, now Kinshasa, the capital of the recently independent Democratic Republic of Congo, former Belgian Congo. This operation was planned by the UPA leader Holden Roberto, and carried out by guerrilla men, armed mostly with katanas, a local type of machete. This operation was practically an orchestrated massacre of at least 1,000 Portuguese settlers and 6,000 African workers of the Portuguese plantations of the northern Angolan provinces. The ability of the Portuguese army to respond immediately to this act was quite limited, The Portuguese military forces in northern Angola at that period were very scarce. In 1961, there were a total of uh, 1,500 Portuguese troops in Angola and about 5,000 African soldiers who were not prepared for this type of guerrilla warfare. Moreover, the operation was intentionally planned to take place during the rainy season when the roads were impassable. In retaliation for this action, the Portuguese launched a series of airstrikes which targeted the UPA guerrilla, but also the local population. This caused a mass migration of the Bakongo population from northern Angola to the Democratic Republic of Congo. All in all, it took the Portuguese army until September 1961 to regain control over northern Angola, As mentioned earlier, the anti-colonial movements in Angola did not struggle only against the Portuguese, but also with each other. The first significant clash between the UPA and the MPLA also occurred in September 1961, when 21 MPLA soldiers were captured and executed by the UPA. In December 1961, the Portuguese received another major blow in another part of the world, when Goa was conquered by the Indian army. This conquest ended four and a half centuries of Portuguese presence in the Indian subcontinent. In January 1963, the PAIGC began its military actions against the Portuguese in Guinea. These actions were conducted mainly from the border between the Portuguese Guinea and Guinea-Conakry, former French Guinea, where the PAIGC had its headquarters under the auspices of Guinea's president, Sekotoure. 
The last front that opened was that of Mozambique, where the Frelimo began its military actions in June 1964. Until the end of the 1960s, the Frelimo operated mainly in the northern provinces of Cabo Delgado and Yasa, where it had established liberated zones. The headquarters of the Frelimo were located in Dar es Salaam, the capital of neighboring Tanzania, where the movement was hosted by Julius Nairere, the president of Tanzania. During the war in Angola, each movement had the upper hand at different periods. Between 1962 and 1965, the most significant and most active movement was the UPA, which changed its name in 1962 to FNLA. It controlled all the entrances along the border with the Democratic Republic of Congo. At this period, most of the Portuguese military efforts were concentrated in the north in order to prevent the infiltration of FNLA guerrilla fighters to the border. The FNLA was supported by the governments of the Democratic Republic of Congo, first by that of Patrice Lumumba and then by that of Mobutu Sesseko. It also received arms from Algeria and Tunisia. Also, the Organization of African Unity supported the FNLA and the government in exile, which was created by its leader, Holden Roberto, although in 1967 the organization passed its support to the MPLA. Holden Roberto also had very close ties with the CIA. The Americans anticipated that Angola will gain its independence in a short period, assuming that Portugal will not be able to finance a prolonged colonial war. Assuming that, the CIA intended to assist as much as it could in establishing a pro-Western government that will inherit Angola from the Portuguese, as they also did in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Moreover, the Portuguese army general staff realized that an independence war was impossible to win by military means, However, they also knew that as long as Salazar was in power in Portugal, there was no possible way to conduct a peaceful process of decolonization. In 1961, Portugal's Minister of Defense, Julio Botelho Muniz, leaded an abortive military coup attempt in order to overthrow the Prime Minister, Antonio de Oliveira Salazar. It is assumed that this coup attempt was coordinated or at least the Kennedy administration was informed about it in advance. The MPLA became the most significant movement in Angola after 1964. Its headquarters were initially located at Kinshasa, although by October 1963 it was obliged to relocate itself to Brazzaville, the capital of the Republic of Congo, former French Congo. Since 1964, the MPLA began to receive financial support from the Soviets and from Yugoslavia. Also Cuba, that had military instructors at the period in the Democratic Republic of Congo, among them Ernesto Che Guevara, assisted the MPLA. The MPLA also opened another front in eastern Angola in May 1966, where its troops operated from the border with Zambia, where the MPLA was hosted by President Kenneth Kaunda. In 1966, a third anti-colonial resistant movement that split from the FNLA emerged in Angola. 
This movement was named UNITA and was headed by Jonas Savimbi. It was composed mainly by members of the Obimbundu ethnic group in central Angola. The UNITA was initially financed by China and operated mostly in eastern Angola. However, a great part of its operations were conducted not against the Portuguese, but against the MPLA. On September 6, 1968, a significant event in the course of the war and in the history of Portugal in general took place. Antonio de Oliveira Salazar suffered a cerebral hemorrhage, which prevented him to continue to serve as prime minister, a position he held since 1932. His replacement by Marcelo Caetano raised some hopes that the new prime minister will engage in talks with the resistant movements in order to bring an end to the war. However, these hopes faded following Caetano's visit to Guinea, Angola and Mozambique, where he declared that these territories are and will remain an integral part of Portugal. In 1970, the Portuguese army conducted two significant military campaigns in Mozambique and Guinea. The first was called Operation Gordian Knot, which succeeded in destroying Frelimo's permanent bases in Mozambique and sealed off the routes across the Tanzanian border to which the Frelimo fighters would infiltrate to Mozambique. However, following Frelimo's expulsion from the northern provinces, it opened a new front against the Portuguese at the province of Tete, which was active until the end of the war. The second military operation, which failed ultimately, was called Operation Green Sea. It was an amphibious attack in November 1970 on Conakry, the capital of Guinea, where the headquarters of the PAIGC were located. This operation intended to overthrow President Sekotouré, that hosted and supported the PAIGC. Following this operation, Portugal was condemned by the international community for violating Guinea's sovereignty. An interesting turn of events occurred in Angola in 1970. While all the anti-colonial movements held some sort of informal talks with the Portuguese, Jonas Savimbi, the head of the UNITA, took this one step further. Jonas Savimbi held meetings in 1970 with Portuguese officers and reached a secret non-aggression agreement with the Portuguese army. This was done in order to concentrate all his efforts in fighting the MPLA. Although Sabimbi denied the existence of this agreement, it was verified by letters published in the press after April 25, 1974. Later on, the Portuguese claimed that they did not arm the UNITA, However, the MPLA seized several times from UNITA fighters G3 rifles, which were provided to them by the Portuguese army. This agreement between the UNITA and the Portuguese lasted until October 1973. The Portuguese were the side to broke the agreement. This was done after the Portuguese, with the assistance of the UNITA, successfully managed to expel almost entirely the MPLA from eastern Angola. The Portuguese did not immediately attack UNITA, but they informed Sabimbi that the agreement was over, and after December 1973, the Portuguese launched a major attack on the UNITA. Fortunately for Sabimbi, the revolution in Portugal on April 25, 1974, that began the process that ended the colonial wars, 
prevented its entire expulsion from eastern Angola. The war in Guinea took also an interesting turn of events in 1973. Of all the anti-colonial movements that fought the Portuguese army, the PAIGC was the best armed and trained. The PAIGC was supplied with modern Soviet weapons and equipment. However, one specific weapon, which was provided by the Soviets since the middle of 1973, made a significant difference. This weapon was the SA-7 rocket launchers, also known as the Strela, which shot down several Portuguese jet fighters. This caused the Portuguese Air Force to cease almost entirely from operating against the PAIGC fighters and thus eliminated almost entirely the main advantage the Portuguese had, which was their air superiority. By late 1973, the PAIGC held the greatest part of the territory of Guinea and in September 24, 1973, the PAIGC declared unilaterally its independence from Portugal. In September 10, 1974, after the revolution in Portugal, the Portuguese government recognized this declaration made a year earlier and in this way granting Guinea its independence. As mentioned earlier, the event that started the end of the war was the revolution or military coup that took place in Portugal on April 25, 1974. This military coup was organized and performed by a group of low- and mid-rank officers called the MFA, the Armed Forces Movement. This movement was formed initially as a response to a law passed by the Caetano regime called 353-73, this law compared the wage conditions of new recruited militia officers who completed a brief training program and served in the colonial wars to those of military academy graduates. The reason the regime passed this law was the significant shortage in military officers the Portuguese army had at this period. Since the end of 1973, the MFA, which was composed mainly by officers ideologically associated with the left, defined more clearly its political aims. This war, bringing an end to the colonial war, the decolonization of Portuguese Africa, the restoration of democracy in Portugal, the establishment of free elections, and the abolition of the secret police. The military coup took place on the morning of April 25th. Within a few hours, Lisbon was occupied by troops loyal to the MFA. Prime Minister Marcelo Caetano was arrested and handed over power to a new interim president, General Antonio de Spinola. After the military coup, the MFA announced its three main goals known as the three Ds, democratization, decolonization and development. This would be carried out in the interim period that would be completed with the restoration of democracy in Portugal. This period is called the PREC, the Continuing Revolutionary Process. The actual end of the war came with the ceasefire agreements made between Portugal and the anti-colonial movements. The first one was signed with the UNITA in June 1974, then with the Frelimo in September, 
and with the MPLA and FNLA in October. The transfer of power and the departure of the Portuguese from Mozambique took place in June 25, 1975 and from Angola at November 11, 1975.